This is the Stand with Lynette podcast. You have episode 21, Show Up for the Lord. What would your life be like if you knew you could stand firmly on the covenant path, come what may? My name is Lynette Shepard, and I am here to help you do just that. If you are a Latter-day Saint woman with a desire to brighten your faith as the world grows darker, you are in the right place. Together, let's stand. Hello, hello, my friends. Welcome back to Stand with Lynette. If you are here for the first time, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. I hope that you find something here today that will help you to stand more firmly in your faith in Jesus Christ. As far as announcements go, I will be opening up the doors for enrollment into my Shine 40 program here in the next few weeks. It is a 40-day challenge that will help you to implement a series of spiritual habits that, as promised by our prophet Russell M. Nelson, will help you to hear the voice of the Lord with greater clarity, gain massive spiritual momentum, and unlock the power of God in your life. I will share more information in the coming weeks, but for now, I simply want you to consider how your life might be different if you could hear God's voice with greater clarity and had greater access to his power in your life. As you consider that, imagine what it would be like to have a group of like-minded women to offer accountability and support as you worked together to create spiritual momentum. For now, just consider and imagine the possibilities and then stay tuned for more details over the next few weeks. Rather than reading a podcast review, I'm going to read a portion of a testimonial from a recent participant in the Shine Challenge. Her name is Yannicka, and she said, I started this challenge with a desire to make significant change in my life. I have always been a woman of faith, but felt that I was in a comfortable rut. I took on this challenge with an open heart, ready to have my moment of change. With Lynette's insight and guidance, I feel that I was able to personalize the tasks or habits to help me on my journey to become the woman I want to be. My focus changed and I prioritized my need to feed my spirit while still being able to keep track of and keep up with my daily responsibilities. I have thoroughly enjoyed connecting my heart, mind, and soul in this challenge. I hope that each one who embarks on this challenge will do so knowing that this is here to help you become the person you want to be. Thank you, Yannicka, for that beautiful testimonial. But do you, like her, feel like you are in a comfortable rut with your faith? Are you ready to take it to the next level and ignite your spiritual momentum? I invite you to consider that for the next couple of weeks, and I will share more information as it gets closer. But that idea leads right into the topic for today's episode, which is show up for the Lord. I feel like I have been in a comfortable rut for the past few weeks. I attribute that mainly to a busy summer that was packed to the brim with travel and other activities that kept me constantly running. In all of my comings and goings, I prioritized some aspects of my spiritual life and was a bit less vigilant about others. I tried to stay on top of my gospel study, but was much less dedicated to things like daily meditation and journaling. I did not pull out my prayer journal for several weeks. My prayer journaling practice literally opens the windows of heaven for me in a way that nothing else does, but I completely neglected it 
for the entire summer. I also only made time to attend the temple a handful of times throughout the summer instead of every week like I normally do. After a few weeks of subpar effort in my spiritual practices, I felt more than a bit off. I had become so used to feeling the spirit with ease as I went about the activities of my day. But as my daily spiritual effort waned, the Lord felt more distant than he had in quite some time. I had to work much harder to hear him, and when his voice did come through, it was not as clear as it had been just a few weeks prior. I did not really wonder what had created the distance. I knew it was because I was not giving the Lord as much of my time, energy, and effort as I had in the past, but the difference in the level of connection I felt to Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ was dramatic, but I was busy. I was serving on the front lines as a ma on my stake trek, giving my all and sacrificing my sleep and my comfort for four days. I was saying goodbye to my daughter as she embarked on her 18-month mission. I was having fun and creating cherished memories with my family and friends. I was eating delicious food and watching the best shows. Hugh Jackman on Broadway did not disappoint and relaxing on tropical beaches. Surely the Lord would understand that I could not give him as much time and energy as I had in calmer, more boring times. Why then did I feel so far away from the source of strength that had, in the not-so-distant past, been my enduring companion? I remember watching General Conference in my tiny BYU apartment with my husband and 11-month-old son back in the fall of 1999. At that time, Sherry Dew was a counselor in the General Relief Society presidency. When I think of my current post-summer spiritual plight, Sherry Dew's words from that conference play in my mind. Quote, we sometimes rationalize our preoccupation with this world and our casual attempts to grow spiritually by trying to console each other with the notion that living the gospel really shouldn't require all that much of us. The Lord's standard of behavior will always be more demanding than the world's, but then the Lord's rewards are infinitely more glorious, including true joy, peace, and salvation. Close quote. Her words, that I am convinced the Spirit ushered into my remembrance, came as a stinging yet encouraging rebuke. Lynette, do you believe you can be casual in your spiritual practices and expect the same level of peace, joy, and connection to me as you felt when you were truly dedicated? Ouch. I imagine if I were standing in front of the Lord himself while he lovingly said those words to me, I would instinctively look down at my feet while answering with a slow shake of my head. Of course, I cannot expect the same outcome when my level of effort was vastly different. Somehow, though, I was still hoping I could get away with doing less. I was hoping I could walk halfway through the Lord's door and experience the same closeness and connection to Him as I had while sitting at His feet day and night. 
but popping in here and there, barely staying long enough to say hello does not build relationships with people or with God. Sending a quick message about how we don't have time to talk because of all the other things we are doing does not invite connection with people or with God. Relationships, whether with people or with God, are a two-way street. Expecting connection without giving time and attention to any variety of relationship does not work. And whether or not we want to admit it, showing the Lord we do not have time for him because we are running here, there, and everywhere will not make it easier to feel his presence in our lives. When we make time for the Lord, he makes time for us. When we show up for the Lord, he shows up for us. Draw near unto me, and I will draw near unto you. Ask, and you shall receive. Seek me diligently, and ye shall find me. We can find those words in Doctrine and Covenants, section 88, verse 63. But oh my goodness, sometimes it is anything but convenient to set aside what I want or maybe need to do and open the scriptures, get on my knees, meditate, write in my journal, go to the temple, do my ministering, serve in my calling, or a thousand other things that help me to build a solid relationship with the Lord. It is easy to take my relationship with him for granted because I know he will continue to love me. And when in that mode of taking him for granted... I convinced myself, as Sherry Dew so eloquently said all those years ago, that living the gospel shouldn't require all that much of me. I start to feel entitled to his love and the blessings I want from him rather than feeling indebted to him for all he has already done for me. I start to think, it's okay if I slip and skip my gospel study for today. It's a crazy day, and the Lord will understand. And then, the next day, it is easier to skip my study. And if I don't catch myself, I start careening down the hill with growing speed. And then, pretty soon, it has been a month since I opened the Book of Mormon, and I wonder why I feel so distant from the Lord. To move forward in those moments, I must humbly acknowledge that the Lord has not distanced himself from me. I have distanced myself from him. Lynette, do you believe you can be casual with your spiritual practices and expect the same level of peace, joy, and connection to me as you felt when you were truly dedicated? Sometimes we forget that the gospel is a gospel of action. To have God's spirit with us always, we must do something. To feel the fullness of God's love and enduring peace, we must do something. To return back to live with our heavenly parents and our Savior, Jesus Christ, we must do something, or perhaps many things. As explained in the scriptures, blessings from the Lord are conditional. In Doctrine and Covenants, section 130, verse 21, it says, When we obtain any blessing from God, it is by obedience to the law upon which it is predicated. In Doctrine and Covenants, section 82, verse 10, it says, I, the Lord, am bound when you do what I say, but when you do not what I say, you have no promise. And then in John, chapter 15, verse 10, it says, If ye keep my commandments... Then you shall abide in my love. All three of those are an ex- are examples of conditions God sets upon his love, upon blessings that he gives us. And as Russell M. Nelson said, 
The resplendent bouquet of God's love includes blessings for which we must qualify, not entitlements to be expected unworthily. Sinners cannot bend his will to theirs and require him to bless them in sin. Close quote. I lump myself in with the sinners because I sometimes wish I could dictate when and how God blesses me, even if I am sluggishly doing the bare minimum to keep my faith afloat. And to be true, sometimes the bare minimum is all I can muster, lest I crumble into a heap of overwhelm and give up altogether. But those bare minimum moments are rare now that I have learned the magic of the fundies. Go back and listen to episodes 8 through 13 if you want to learn about how the fundies helped me conquer overwhelm for good. But God is merciful to those who are giving their all. Of this, I am sure. He loves us where we are, but he doesn't want to leave us where we are because there is so much more. He can, when we are willing to walk with him, lead us to green pastures and peaceful rivers and mountaintops whose views will forever change how we see. He can help us carry the weight of our challenges, but we must be willing to walk. Sometimes all we can muster is one slow step after another, and one step turns into two, which turns into three, which eventually turns into a hundred, and as we gain momentum, the steps get easier. And then, before we know it, walking turns into running, but somehow, miraculously, the running does not feel difficult. Momentum is funny that way. It takes a good deal of effort to get going, but as we learn in Newton's first law, an object in motion stays in motion, unless acted upon by an unbalanced force. What unbalanced forces sometimes sabotage our forward spiritual momentum? Changes in routine, busyness, distraction, laziness, apathy, self-doubt, personal weaknesses, second-guessing, overthinking, I'm the queen of that one, competing voices, temptation, mental illness, and emotional baggage, just to name a few. There are so many forces that can slow us down. How can we then compensate? for the effects of these unbalanced forces and retain our spiritual momentum. Sometimes when the issues run deep and we cannot pull ourselves out of a rut, we get professional help and there is nothing wrong with that, no shame in that. That's why those helpers are there. Other times, we must simply make our faith a priority, not in word only, but in how we choose to spend the limited time we have each day. When we say, whether out loud or in our minds, that our faith means everything to us, while neglecting the spiritual habits that would strengthen our spiritual foundation, do our actions speak louder than our words? Are we fooling ourselves into believing that all is well with our faith, with our testimonies, with our conversion to the gospel, while we inch slowly away from the light? Now, let me be clear. I am talking mostly to myself here. And yes, my heart is sufficiently pricked. In Doctrine and Covenants, section 95, verse 12, it says, If you keep not my commandments, the love of the Father shall not continue with you. Therefore, you shall walk in darkness. We cannot expect God to fight our battles and calm our fears and bless us with faith enough to endure temptation and navigate a minefield of confusion and doubt when we are only willing to dip our toes into the waters of discipleship. 
He does not expect us to be perfect. His grace will always be sufficient enough to cover our weaknesses, our sins, our things that we mess up on all the time. But as we learn in Doctrine and Covenants section 64, the Lord requires our hearts, our willing minds, and our obedience. In other words, he asks us not only to believe in him, but to turn that belief into willing action. In the verse just prior to telling us what he requires of us, our minds, our hearts, and our actions, the Lord admonishes us to be not weary in well-doing, for ye are laying the foundation of a great work, and out of small things proceedeth that which is great. It is as if he is saying, Yes, I want you to believe in and follow me, but it is the small things that will truly cement your heart to mine. I will magnify your tiny efforts and then turn them into something great. Could our small things include a few minutes every 24 hours in which we devote our full attention to learning from and connecting with the Lord? Could it include silencing the inputs from the world for long enough to listen for his response to our prayers? Could it include committing to a regular routine of temple attendance where possible so we can leave those walls armed with God's power and his angels having charge over us as promised by our prophet Russell M. Nelson? As my commitment to show up for the Lord has waxed and waned over time, I have learned for myself that the Lord reimburses me a hundredfold when I make time for Him. It is an investment that never stops giving. Somehow, even when upholding a crazy schedule, I still find time for everything else I need to do. Even more than that, I am able to tackle my to-do list with greater perspective and increased peace when I put the Lord first. When we show up for the Lord, he shows up for us. So let's show up, my friends. Let's commit to make time for him every single day, regardless of what else is going on in our lives. And together, let's stand. All right, my friends, your shine challenge for this week is to commit to give the Lord enough time for daily scripture study. You decide how much time that is. The important thing is that you commit to show up for him every day for seven days in whatever way you feel is best. All right, my friend, thank you for being here. Thank you for spending some time with me today. And I can't wait to see you back here again next week. See you later. Thank you for spending a few minutes with me today. If you are ready to dive in deeper and join the stand movement, find me on Instagram at Lynette Shepherd. That's two N's, two P's, and an A-R-D, or at LynetteShepherd.com. If you like what you heard today, please consider sharing the show with a friend or leaving us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. That works wonders in helping us to find the people that we can help. Thank you again, and remember, you were born to stand. See you next time.